Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No. These are the other stories. <laughs> We are nearing our third anniversary of the show and we're putting some big plans into place including special episodes, more merchandise and extra bonus content like Ask Me Anythings and Creator Interviews. If you would like to help us in our goal then there's no better way to do that than come and support us from as little as a dollar a month over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You'll also get access to exclusive episodes, your name will appear in all of the books we publish and you'll be helping to push our crazy little dream that much further. Today's episode is Playing Creep, written by John C. Campbell and Luke Condor, narrated by Justin Fife. Tap, tap, play the creep. Tap, tap. A while ago, there was a kid who talked to trees. He was odd, had raven black hair, skin the color of milk, spoke real slow, like he was struggling to get his mouth around the words. I don't remember when this kid started at school, but he wasn't there one moment, and then there he was, at the back of the class, always at the back. I found it pretty interesting. See, I live in a small town where nothing happens. A lone island of brick and concrete in the sea of pines, birches, ancient oaks. Always windy, always misty. There's not much to do in my town, really, other than drift around the shopping center, watch the world go by, or play Creep. Creep is my favorite game. I'm good at it, too. Mom taught me how to play when I was very young. Hide, she said. Tap, tap. 
Tap, tap. Hide. The key thing to remember is to watch without being seen. To be caught is to lose. One time, I followed the German teacher all the way home after school, Miss Bunch. She made a joke in class that perhaps Mr. Wright will come along one day. No more frogs, knock on wood. She didn't laugh. Nobody did. As she walked home, I kept my distance enough that she didn't notice me. When she went inside her house, I went around into the back garden and stood by the yew tree, looked in through the living room window and watched as she poured herself a deep red wine and drank and cried. I watched for several hours until she fell asleep on the sofa. Nothing but reruns of friends on the TV to keep her company. I don't know why she was crying. She didn't lock the back door before she drifted, so I went inside and played creep for another hour or so. She had a nice home. Her sorrowful roots were tangled and weak. Her insides hollow. Her limbs rotten. She won't cry anymore, Miss Bunch. Another time, I followed the butcher and don't know his name, to the slaughterhouse out the back of his shop. He was hooking a carcass up, sweating and heaving. I snuck past him and hid in a tiled room with a drain built into the floor. It was stained pink and the air tasted like broken piggy banks. I watched through a gap in the door as he spoke to the meat, hacking chunks away, talking to it as though it was his friend. He told it about his date later that night, about how he was nervous, but a little excited, too. Who knows where I'll be sleeping tonight, the butcher said as he wrapped his knuckles on a wooden table by his side. Tap, tap. Knock on wood, though, eh? I waited until he sat down, tired, and looked at his phone. As I stepped out of the slaughterhouse, drunk on the heady blood stink, I heard him call out to me. Who? He said. He didn't see me, though. The lines between the butcher and his trade blurred, all just meat in the end. I was pretty good at creep. I played it a lot. I watched people and never got caught. Apart from my father, of course. Hide, mother had said. No, she shouted it. Was that the last thing she said to me? Tap, tap. I don't remember anymore. I guess I was practicing always. Another time, I followed a young man in the dead of night, a musician. He was angry at something, perhaps everything. He carried a guitar without a case. He had been drinking. A trail of shattered glass twisted away into the distance, illuminating his path thus far. Windows had become jagged knives, sharp explosions of his deep frustration. He sang to himself out of tune and out of time, unceasing slurred melodies. As he finished each song, he frowned sorrowfully. The guitar perched over his shoulder. Fuck them. They don't know. He growled to the icy pavement. We'll just have to do it all alone is all. He paused there, 
searching for something, maybe hope. Knock on wood, he mumbled after a long silence, reaching over his shoulder to thump on the body of the guitar. Tap, tap. I followed him to a park. It was deserted, but for the glaring fox, chancing the cold for scraps in the bin. Frost gleamed off the grass. It twinkled in the lamplight like a million tiny diamonds on a carpet of emerald silk. The musician stopped at the bench, slouched uncomfortably into the sharply sawn planks. I sunk behind the lime trees out of sight, silent as air. I was good at playing Creep, perhaps the best. His veins choked on the toxins. Names of old lovers were carved into his skin. His music faded. The bench and the musician froze together. The other time I got caught, I was following the new kid, the pale boy, after school. I nearly lost his trail as he went off the path and into the woods that bordered the town. He didn't walk, but seemed to glide. He wasn't upright, but sleeping amongst the fallen leaves. The wind bristled through the branches, growing louder the deeper we went. The coldness seared my nose, burnt the tips of my ears, and nipped at my eyes. Tears welled somewhere inside, but I didn't cry. I had to be silent. It was difficult to keep track of the pale boy. He had a way of taking sudden turns and almost disappearing each and every time. His tawny coat and greenish trousers melting into his surroundings, his actions seeming not to be his own. The mist grew thicker the further away from town I went, became liquid, difficult to breathe in. He stopped. So did I. His coat was removed, then his trousers, then his shirt, underpants. I held my breath. I kept it locked away until my chest burned. The sound of metal and soft earth arose and just as suddenly ceased. I span around, searching above me at the ceiling of the forest for the source of the noise before turning and walking away. Dad, I whispered, is that you? I wasn't sure where I was then, lost somewhere in the open waters of the trees, but there, by an old oak tree that looked near enough dead, branches like twisting bones with a yawning hollow opening. The pale boy lay. The wind was icy cold, growing louder now, louder with every blast. My mouth was opening, closing, opening, closing. The wind was so loud then, screaming in my ears, but no, it wasn't the wind. It was the trees. I pressed my own hand to the birch I was hiding behind, felt its vibrations like it was acting as a tuning fork, using the wind like air through vocal cords. The trees were speaking to the pale boy. I wanted more than anything to know what they were saying. I was locked out, unable to witness. My mind was lost in wonder when I saw that the pale boy was looking toward me with glassy doll's eyes. Fear froze me in place, my feet bound by roots. The oak tree yawned wider and wider, matching my own opening mouth. His pale skin had changed. 
It was marked by knots and lines, not quite a real boy after all. I'm sorry, I said. You weren't supposed to see me. The pale boy spoke, and so did the trees, softly, slowly, purposefully. We are you. She screamed. He's going to kill me. I went into the cupboard, saw through the gap as he squeezed. Her fist clenched, jerking spasmodically, tapping against the hardwood floor. Tap, tap. Tap, tap. Tap, tap. Something clicked from within. A beetle crawled out from the dark of my open mouth, crawled over my chin. It was nighttime now. I was cold. The wind howled. The pale boy leaned forward, his joints creaking. He raised his hands and wrapped his knuckles on my chest. It was louder than I thought it would be. Reminded me of the butcher with the table. Knock on wood. For good luck. He never made it to his date. Time changed. The pale boy sank beneath the ground. Deep below the roots of the oak tree. Disappearing in jitters. A film reel, missing a few frames. I waited until the trees told me to go, told me not to stay there. Hide. The film reel continued to flicker as I found my way back to the town, but it took so long, my steps growing lazy, slow, like walking through tar, the bones beginning to creak. By the time I made it home, the sun was peering over the woods. I made it as far as the copse of trees outside the front of my house before I became rooted once more. I played creep, saw my dad getting ready for work. I looked through the window as he put his coat on. He took his keys and muttered something to himself, following it with a familiar motion on the wooden door frame. Tap, tap. Out he stepped. I tensed. My dad walked right up to me and then right on past. He left me alone, and more frames disappeared from the film. With every blink, the sun changed position. With every breath, the seasons changed. One time I blinked, and my old man never came back again. To watch without being seen, that's the trick. The only person who ever caught me was my father. And the pale boy, of course. He came by once in a while days or years I couldn't tell to see how I was getting on and each time before leaving he'd wrap his knuckles on me for good luck tap tap there wasn't much to do in my little town where nothing happened nothing much to do but play creep I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Playing Creep was written by John C. Campbell and Luke Condor, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Carl Hughes, who visited by JCM Canada and Sam Robson. We're nearing our third anniversary of the show and we're putting some big plans into place, including special episodes, more merchandise and extra bonus content like Ask Me Anything and creator interviews. If you'd like to help us in our goal, then there's no better way to do that. Then come and support us from as little as a dollar a month over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. 
You'll also get access to exclusive episodes, your name will appear in all of the books that we publish, and you'll be helping to push our crazy little dream that much further. Until next time. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.